Hello and welcome back to Percy and Beyond a Bookish Odyssey. This is our book club podcast in which I'm Will and I'm reading Percy Jackson for the first time. And I'm Beth and my fringe is itching my forehead. That's not the normal intro. I've read Percy Jackson. No, I'm Beth and I read Percy Jackson. Are you having a stroke? (laughs) I'm Beth and I've read Percy Jackson multiple times previously. Good, we've established this much. Very exciting episode this week because we're starting a new book. Welcome to The Titan's Curse. Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse. What section have we been reading this week, Bethany? We've been reading the first four chapters. You're quite excited to be starting this book, aren't you? I love this book. I kept remembering all the little things that happened later on and I am just so excited. Also, this book introduces my favourite character of all the series. I might have a theory who it is, but but we'll get there. I don't know if I'm gonna like poker face you on that or not, because like when I just I it's quite fun if you know. I there's a, yeah. I mean we'll get there, but I'm aware of some comments on the internet. Let's say. Oh, that's kind of boring if it's been spoiled. It's not really a spoiler, but anyway, there's just a familiar name has popped up. That's all. Boo! Did you enjoy the first four chapters? Did I enjoy the first four chapters? I it was fine. It feels like the next section it's about to get started, this was like the pre-intro to the book for me. This was the like, have you not read Percy Jackson before? Let me tell you what's Mm. up. That's what these four chapters felt like to me. He always starts the book like that. This one in particular though. And and to be fair, he does a good job of it, I think. There's a lot of points where I was like, oh, if I had not no idea about this, he's created clever ways to tell me about it without it feeling like he's just doing exposition, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't need it because... We're powering through the whole series. You're an old hat. This is not your first rodeo. No, it's my third, third rodeo. I saw a meme earlier of a cowboy. Have you seen this? It was like a cowboy saying, this is only my second rodeo and I don't know why everyone thinks I should know what I'm doing. Yeah, I've seen something that's like, I think it's pretty messed up that everyone expects that you know what you're doing by your second rodeo. (laughs) Okay, so should we do chapter one? Yes. What's chapter one called? It's called My Rescue Operation Goes Very Wrong. Oh, classic Percy. He likes to start us off with some low expectations, doesn't he? Yeah. My chapter summary is, Percy gets an awkward ride to work from his mum with Thalia and Annabeth. Things only get worse as he is forced for the sake of the mission to dance with Annabeth, who is not only pretty, but taller than him now. Gasp. Grover has found two half-bloods, so Percy sneaks away from his friends because he can join them in being captured by the bad man without Thalia's help. Thank you very much. Mm. Shall we jump into my notes? Jump in. So, we start the book off with Percy going to a new boarding school, it would seem, and packing up his things. His mum's packed him weapons, as you do when you're going to school. Yep, good for good, good old Sally. And then they pick up Annabeth and Thalia, and immediately I'm like, oh, this is a bit weird like mm. we know percy goes to a bunch of different schools and has problems staying in the same place also it's the friday before winter break so why change school now yeah and i didn't think he'd be going to school with the others like his whole thing was not being able to go to school with them and he was going to miss them i was like what's yeah what's going on imagine the poor like camp half blood is bad enough with all these half bloods in the same place but imagine some poor mortal school that has like thalia and percy as well as Annabeth, obviously, who, bless her, is important, just not as smelly as yeah, Percy. Yeah, smelly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one's as smelly as Gabe. Rest in peace. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, they, yeah, they pick up those two, uh, and then it's a, a long car journey to Eight hours. Thalia's there, right? So it's interesting that we don't really, and as of the first four chapters, we don't have much of an introduction to Percy and Thalia's relationship. No. Because the book literally ended the Sea of Monsters with her waking up. Mm-hmm. And jump forward X number of months, I guess. Yeah. And they certainly know each other at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that kind of unravels and if we delve into that more. Mm-hmm. So they turn up at the school and it's given me like a big American Hogwarts vibe. It's like a big castle in the woods. And yeah. uh, the description. Percy's... So embarrassed of his mum doting on him. Oh, oh my poor God. Sally mom. with the sassy teen. So embarrassing, <laughs> mum. And um, then he asks Sally about her mum and she is not someone you want to get on the wrong side of. Yeah. She does also not want to talk about her mum. Yeah. Thank you very much. So I was like, are they all going to school together? It's a very snowy, cold place. <laughs> I put here, I wonder if Percy's water powers affect snow. Interesting doesn't actually come up at this point, but no. 
That was my first thought there. Percy asks if Annabeth ever gets in touch with her mum, and that's a mistake. No, he asks Thalia. Once my mother's car was out of sight, Thalia said, Your mum is so cool, Percy. She's pretty okay, I admitted. What about you? You ever get in touch with your mum? As soon as I said it, I wished I hadn't. Thalia was great at giving evil looks. Blah, blah, blah. The look she gave me now was a perfect evil ten. If that was any of your business, Percy. So... They're there because Grover has sent a distress call. Yes. Percy senses danger in this place. Uh, they head on in, though, and the doors slam themselves shut, which cool. is always a horror movie trope. Spooky. Visitors are not allowed to see dance. You will be... You will be ejected. Ejected! So, yeah, someone, a man with a French accent turns up. They're turning up at night and some dance is going on. It's the TLDR. Party! Thalia snaps her fingers and does... Kind of wind magic, we think. A bit like Percy's water magic. Uh, it turns out not to be that. but uh, She says that there are students there and it's like some Jedi mind trick is going on. <laughs> you know, Thalia must be quite powerful, was my hmm. take from that. She's oh. also got a magical item. Makes sense as she's a forbidden child. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, I hate that phrase. <laughs> yes, but we've bro- we breezed over quickly that Percy's got his lethal ballpoint pen and Thalia has a silver bracelet, which is her magic item, but it doesn't tell us what it is yet. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that it was a bracelet. Okay, that's uh, interesting. Yes. And yes, then Thalia does her... Oh, we, we've been here the whole time. We, we are students. Grover turns up at this point. The French guy who is called Dr. Thorne mm-hmm. doesn't like Grover. No. Doesn't. They get told to run along and not leave the gymnasium. Percy asks how Thalia did it, and she says, it's the mist. Yeah. And she says, hasn't Chiron showed you how to do that yet? Ooh, awkward. To be fair, he said he would at some point. Yeah. At the end of the last book, he's like, oh, I must remember to... When has Thalia had time to learn it? I guess before she became a tree. But she didn't make it to Camp Half-Blood before she became a tree. Maybe she's just because she's Zeus powers. She died on the or way. Or this summer. Chiron... Maybe she, maybe she just went and spoke summer. to Chiron. And was like, oh, how do you do the mist thing? Yeah, Percy really needs to ask for what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Grover's got some more whiskers. Yeah. He's, he's grown up into a real satyr. Yeah. Grover's t-shirt says, Westover Hall Grunt. And Percy's not sure if that's Grover's rank or the school motto. I like to think it's a school motto. It's like an instruction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grover says the emergency is that he's found two half-bloods. Yeah, so all the satyrs have been put on emergency overtime. Um, Grover's not been allowed to go back on his search for Pan because it says that Camp Half-Blood is losing campers. Yeah, they need to recruit. How? What are they doing with them? Needs must. They get hungry. Also, they, they, you know, every dinner time they have to make an offering to the gods. Oh my god, imagine. They've got to give the best bits away, so they're <laughs> like... Anyway. Clarice is long gone. <laughs> so Grover's found some smelly... <laughs> Sorry. God. That tickled you, didn't it? So it's a brother and a sister. And they smelly. And they are smelly. They're 10 and 12. They're smelly because they're strong. They are. And there's one monster. Yes. Grover can confirm. Thalia is now the senior of the group. Because she has more experience fighting monsters in the real world. Fair and enough. And she's like Zeus, Zeus baby too. Yeah, she is the daughter of the king of the gods. So, yeah. And, and Grover looks to her before yeah. Percy, which makes Percy feel a bit weird. Dr. Thorne is the monster. He's our French Dracula. Ejected! That's what I was getting, is a big vampire vibe. Turns out it's not a vampire, but I definitely got a vampire. Okay. I don't know why. Thalia says they should go to the dance. And then we get high school disco tropes explained about cliques and trying not to be noticed. Mm-hmm. Have you got any school disco memories? Does this bring, bring any flooding back? I definitely remember trying to organise a group of friends to go around and pick up change that people I thought people would like bounce up and down a lot because that's how you danced at my school and I felt like change would fall out of their pockets and we could get rich so you're running a scam basically turns out no one dropped any change but it was like a fun little it felt like we were being really fun like sneaky I love this bit you were like okay I'm gonna run this little operation it's probably just me and my like two friends um can't believe this for like can't believe you're like guys we're gonna get rich well it didn't work let's just put it that way that's so funny you? No, not really. Just sort of the, all the tropes, really. Making eyes at people across the room and being like, hey, Aww. I'm 11. <laughs> and I didn't go to any school discos after like year four, year five. so People putting on really cheesy dance songs. I don't think we had anyone. I don't know. I can't really remember. I was so young. Mine just involved lots of jumping. That sounds And fun. like screaming. It was that age where that was just an excuse to go mad. 
It was fun. Grover hasn't told the two kids yet. Well, obviously not. Percy's like, let's grab them and go. But Dr. Thorne is near the kids. Percy's plan so far seems to be, let's abduct these two clueless kids from their school dance. <laughs> Thalia's plan is, don't look at the kids, but keep an eye on them. Yeah, he's like, mm, she's like, mingle, and their half-blood scent will throw them off the two kids. Yeah, questionable. Uh, also, back on Percy's plan, how does he expect to get away with this? He thinks these two kids who don't know anything about who they are or what they're doing there, they're going to go in, just pick them up from this from their school and be like, let's go. And, and just get away with that. I'm not going to lie, Will. If I was at school disco, which is not my scene, and I was 10 or 12, mm. and some kids came up that I'd never seen before and looked kind of cool and they were older than me and they were like, we've got to go, you guys are in danger, we're half-bloods and you're half-bloods too and there's monsters and stuff, I'd be like, sounds like a fun game. But they wouldn't tell you that second bit because that no. would draw attention to you, so they'd instead be just like, you're coming with us. Whatever. We do know their names, do we? You can. What are their names? You tell us. Bianca. And? And Nico. Nico! That's how I pronounce it too. That's his name, isn't it? No, wait. I pronounce it Nico. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure that it's pronounced Nico, but I pronounce it in my head Nico. Okay. Nico cool. D'Angelo. D'Angelo is the surname. Mm-hmm. Two. They're twins. Nope. No, they're siblings. Yep. He's younger. Yes, he's ten. She's twelve. That makes sense. Well, I already said that. I already said ten and twelve. Yeah. Don't know why I <laughs> forgot that. They don't like Grover's music. Well, Thalia doesn't. She wants Green Day instead of She's like, can't you play Green Day or something? And I thought this was obviously another check in the why Beth likes this box. Maybe this is what caused your emo grunge phase. Discuss. Eh, Green Day was never at the top of my list. They're cool, but... It's like a gateway drug, though. Oh, no. No? No, not for me. Okay. Interesting. I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, I don't know. I think it might have just been... Might have been a bit all-time low... And then, pretty sure it was just like straight up Panic at the Disco Fallout Boy. Fair and then there was obviously the like My Chemical Romance in there. Yeah. And my friends really liked Blink One Eight Two. Green Day were fine. They were a bit Paramore. old. Paramore. Yeah, Paramore. Thalia takes Grover to dance. Yeah. Annabeth is taller than Percy now. She's started puberty. And has owl earrings. Yeah, she lets her hair down and it's that, that yeah. music, the va-va-voom music. Yeah, yeah. And Percy's and like, what, what, what? Thalia and Grover are dancing. Yeah. And Percy's just with Annabelle, Beth, like, okay, man, um, we, we, it's going to be fun. We're going to make cool, small be talk. Cool, be cool. Uh, and what he comes up with is, so, um, design any good buildings lately? Yeah, but great question. <laughs> no, but seriously, she no, goes off on one, doesn't she? He gets away with it, but like, I was just like, cool, small talk, Percy, cool. Yeah, but and that then, is cool for her. It works. She starts getting all excited. Yeah, she, he she's talking about CAD or some similar software. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's SketchUp. I don't know. And then I was just like, Beth, this is your area. I'm, I'm still studying these books for uh, just whether it's formed your character. Oh, or... I never wanted to be an architect. That's way too much maths. I know, but you still use software like this. Because it was thrust upon me. I'd much prefer hand drawing. Okay. Helpful though, isn't it? Percy's disappointed that Annabeth likes her school so much because he wants to see her more. Yeah, Aww. he's got the feelings, the confusing ones. So you're staying there the rest of the year, he asks. Her face gets dark. Ooh. Well, maybe if I don't. And then she gets cut off. Classic Annabeth. Yeah. Oh my God. Already, like We're not even, we're in the first chapter of the book and she's already doing this clickbait thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just go it through It just her. gets worse from here as well. So they've been talking while they've been dancing. So Percy asks, like, they talk about why... They haven't gone dancing yet. They haven't gone dancing yet. Percy and Annabeth, no. Oh, gosh, okay. Grover's not enjoying the dancing, so it doesn't suit his hooves. (laughs) Thalia tells the other two to dance. They look weird. Uh, Percy's like, who shall I ask? Brilliant. And she punches him and says, me, seaweed brain. Idiot. (gasps) Moment. Yeah. Cool. Taller girl. I remember those days. What, when girls were tall? Yeah. And you were there like, I really fancy this one. Oh, she's so tall. Anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so they're dancing. I put, no one danced like this at discos. I'm pretty sure. They're like proper dancing, almost like slow dance vibe. Yeah. Well, not even that. It's more like formal dancing. I don't know. But to like music that's not appropriate for that. Don't I read into it too much. have people putting their like arms around each other's necks and like rocking, but that was pretty scandalous at the time. And this feels very formal. And also, like, imagine dancing like this to Green Day. Well, we're not. We're just, just Jesse McCartney. I know, still. Annabeth is having dad issues again. He's decided to move and research for a World War One book in San Francisco. Yeah. Annabeth says half-bloods can't live in San Francisco. She said it with the same tone of voice in which she might say fields of punishment or 
Hades gym shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? She says, you know, it's right there. And he's like, Percy's like, oh. Obviously. For God's sake, Percy, stop indulging her with this crap. <laughs> Honestly. You're just making it worse. This is what you do. Why is she like that? We'll get there. Because I, I have a comment about that. Mm-hmm. Percy asks if she'll go back to living at camp. And she's like, it's more serious than that, Percy. I probably should tell you something. Then she's distracted. Oh yeah. my God. Why, why is she so clickbait? And why do you like her so much when you get so annoyed at me when I'm like this? This is her whole character trait at this point. This one wasn't her fault. This is like the third one in a row. The kids have gone. Oh. Wait, the two half-blood kids and Dr. Thorne are gone. Percy then manages quite quickly to lose Annabeth, Grover and Thalia. Yeah. He sees a cap, some trading cards on the floor, and then Dr. Thorne steering the two kids by the scruff of the neck out the door. Yikes. And classic Percy, he decides he'll handle it himself. Yeah. And runs after them. He follows them down a hall and finds the kids frozen in horror, staring at him with no sign of Dr. Thorne. I mean, he was right time was of the essence yeah so uh he's like my name is percy i'm going to take you out of here get you somewhere safe and then suddenly something yanks him from behind yeah so he realizes that bianca was trying to warn him through her eyes that the danger was behind him mm. in the nick of time he realizes whips around so he's facing the monster so the monsters launched a missile at percy which sort of catches his clothes in like the pins shoulder him to the wall. and pulls him, push it, like pulls him backwards. Yeah, pins him to the wall. It scratched his skin a little bit, but it's mainly just got his clothes. And he's been poisoned? Question mark. Yeah, not again. Percy tries to swing for him, but no luck. Uh, the projectiles are coming from behind Doctor Thorne, which is a bit weird. Mm. It's almost like they're being thrown by someone invisible. This moment, I like to just imagine Annabeth is there. Just <laughs> <laughs> has he got invisible arms? Who knows? He says they're all going with him. Yeah. That's my last note for the chapter. My last note for the chapter was, check for danger or you will become another casualty. This is like the first thing you do yeah. when you come across a danger, situation. Danger, response, airways, breathe. Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Dr. ABC? Yeah. So like, check for danger. Already failed. Check for response. Uh, we, we need to check for danger. Nico. Nico. Nico, can you hear me, Nico? We need to move on. Sorry. Yeah. What's chapter two called? Chapter two is called The Vice Principal Gets a Missile Launcher. For God's sake. And my... (laughs) I mean, (laughs) titles, anyway. My summary is, Percy and Dr. Thorne manage to convince Bianca and Nico that they are equally crazy. The rescue party arrive, and we have an awesome back-and-forth fight till the hunters turn up and finish it. Yeah. Dr. Thorne and Annabeth take a dive, and we meet Artemis. Gosh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Lots happened in this one. That's pretty much everything. Percy says his shoulder's burning. Ouchies. He tries to use his empathy link to contact Grover. <laughs> hey, Grover, Thorne's kidnapping us. He's a poisonous spike-throwing maniac. Doesn't Help! seem to really work. Thorne takes him to a clearing in the wood outside and says he's going to summon their ride. There's a lot of that going on in this <laughs> section, isn't there? Oh, let me just call a cab. Yeah. Seems to be the consistent vibe. I've just clocked at this point, this is why I didn't say the names earlier, that the boy's called Nico. Yeah. And I've just put, I've seen enough comments on the internet. What have you seen? That there's someone called Nico that people like and they like reference it. I don't really look at them as soon as I see it, but I'm like, okay, this is a character that will come up. Do you know anything else about, about him? I know something about him. It might not be to do with him. It might just be to do with the series or like the other series of books or but something to do with the Roman gods or like other pantheons or something, I think comes up. That's about all I know. Okay. So they come to the edge of the sea. The kids are scared and have questions. Fair enough. Thorne pulls out a phone and says, the package, it is ready to deliver. Nice. <laughs> uh, First he's creeped out because he doesn't think that a monster should be using a phone. Yeah, I don't know why. He's very prejudiced about this sort of he's still trying to contact Grover. Still not working. He considers jumping all three of them into the ocean and using his powers to protect the kids. Yeah, good, good plan. plan. Yeah. Thorne says he'd kill them before they reach the water. Yeah, it reads his mind, sorry. Percy doesn't know who he is. You don't even know me, man. <laughs> But Dr. Thorne does call Percy son of Poseidon and then Nico and Bianca are like, sorry, what? Another missile then flies by Percy from behind Dr. Thorne. It's fired by something almost like a tail. Weird. Unfortunately, you are wanted alive if possible, he says. He says, do not worry, little brats. You will be meeting my employer soon enough. Hmm, who's that? Yeah. Percy guesses he works for Luke. Thorne's like almost offended by this. He's like, ugh. He says, you have no idea what is happening, Perseus Jackson. 
I will let the general enlighten you. Who dare? Yeah, you're going to do him a great service tonight. He's looking forward to meeting you. Who is the general? I've got no idea at this point. Cool. Maybe it's Ares. We'll move on. Some helicopters approach. It's changing. It's gone a bit apocalypse now. <laughs> Just one, I think. Dr. Thorne tells Nico he's going to have the chance to join a great army. So this is kind of pointing towards Luke and Kronos and all of that. But So I'm not quite sure what's happening. Thorne then says the great stirring yeah. is underway. Which turns out isn't about a big community soup project. No, 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 no. Lots um, of naughty things are waking up. Yeah, the most powerful monsters who have not been seen in thousands of years. And soon, he says, they will have the most powerful monster of all who will bring about the downfall of Olympus. But I thought in the prophecy it was one of the children of the kids of uh, Zeus of or whatever. We're gonna, you know what I mean. We're going to bring about the downfall of Olympus. Well. So which is it, huh? At this point, Bianca whispers, okay, he's completely nuts. And yeah. Percy replies, yeah. we have to jump off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. And she says, oh, super, you're completely nuts too. Yeah, that's great. I enjoyed that. Annabeth then invisible knocks the three of them to the ground. She's very good at that move. And gives Thalia and Grover the chance to advance on Thorne while he's distracted. Thalia gets her shield out while she's doing this, which is called Aegis. She's so cool! You like Thalia? I like all of them. You like all of them, okay. Percy says, if you've never seen Thalia run into battle, you've never been truly frightened. Yeah. (laughs) Personally, I pronounce it Aegis, but I don't know if that's proper or not. Uh, anyway, it's modelled after her dad's shield of the same name. I feel like we maybe talked about this. We did. Has Medusa's head modelled into the bronze. It won't turn you to stone, but it makes people turn and run. Yeah. Thorn's hand changes into a big orange paw, <laughs> and they fight. Garfield. <laughs> He's also got a scorpion tail, which I guess is what's spewing out the... Yes. Thorns. Dr. Thorn. <laughs> Grover starts playing a pirate jig on his reed oh. pipes, and this makes the grass start growing and tangling around Thorn. He comes in clutch with the entangle spell, doesn't he? Would have been useful before in any point in the last two he's books, Grover. Learning. Is he? He's got. He only got his new pan pipes last last summer. Yeah, but he's been out on the grown-up quest for a year or whatever. Yeah. You'd think he'd know these Running spells by now. Running from the cyclops. I guess. Thorn turns into his real form. He's got a body of a lion. Because he's a manticore. <gasps> cool. Manticore. Nico's like, oh, a oh manticore. He's got 3,000 attack power and plus five to saving throws. Oh, God, I love Nico. Yeah, I'm starting to see why. Percy's not played D&D before. No. <laughs> Percy's shield from Tyson is damaged no. already. Protecting them from another volley. It's good, though. Does it and the helicopter's upon them at this point. Oh, yikes. Percy runs to help Thalia, who's losing. Yeah. And then they hear a hunting horn. And my first thought was like, oh, the centaur's coming in again. Is this... <laughs> we can have a repeat Oh, yeah, stampede. that would have been fun. And then nothing happens. But no, a glowing silver arrow appears in Thorn's shoulder. Oh. And suddenly there's a dozen girl archers, be- aged between 10 and 14, wearing ski parkers and jeans, advancing from the woods on the be- manticore. Before that, in response to getting shot by the arrow, he launches a volley of his spikes into the woods. Mm. Like, 12 of them, I think. And then the hunters return the shot and intercept the spikes in midair yeah and like robin hood style slices them down percy's like not even the apollo kids can shoot with that much accuracy Mm, which will come up i just love anything that has like archery in it i'm just heart eyes i don't know why (laughs) archery just makes me so happy i'm like oh wow i want to be them so bad so yeah these girls turn up the hunters annabeth says because she's got your reaction Tali's like, oh, wonderful. Oh, great. The manticore says this is unfair. Direct interference is against the ancient laws, which is interesting. <laughs> this is after one of the hunters walks up and points an arrow at him and it's says, like, can I kill him? Permission basically. to kill my yeah. lady. He's like, hey, hang on, not fair. <laughs> what are the ancient laws? Lay by the rules. Well, it's like you're not allowed to get involved. Like the gods aren't allowed to get involved mm. in. After the monster says this isn't fair, Artemis replies, the hunting of all wild beasts is within my sphere, and you, foul creature, are a wild beast. Zoe, permission granted. And then he says, if I can't have them alive, I'll have them dead! Lunges at Thalia and Percy. Annabeth leaps onto his back and attacks him. Then the hunters fire and hit the manticore. Cue the chaos. And he leaps over the cliff with Annabeth still on his back. Yes. (coughs) Oh boy, where... Things ain't looking good for Annabeth. Yikes. Uh, and then the helicopter starts shooting at them, because of course it does. Yep. One of the hunter girls then just like explodes the helicopter into a flock of birds she or something. Says, it's like Thanos with the gauntlet. I've, I've like memorised this line. She says, mortals are not allowed to witness my hunt. 
Oh, it's like Zoe Nightshade. Perfect timing as usual. So there's some there's some beef there. There is some beef. Percy's stressed about Annabeth. Fair enough. Yep. One of the girls says she's beyond help. Yikes. Percy asks who they think they are. And the 12-year-old girl says, I am Artemis, goddess of the hunt. <laughs> yeah, because Zoe <laughs> steps forwards like as if to slap Percy. And then Artemis is like... Don't worry, he's not being disrespectful. I sense mm. no disrespect. He's just distraught. He doesn't know what's going on. So she sort of explains it. And she's a 12-year-old girl, yeah. which was a surprise. Bit of a twist. Not sure we were expecting that. I didn't know who they were, to be honest. I was like, okay, weird <laughs> woods arrow girls. <laughs> cool. They're so cool. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, you fight the gun helicopter. Anyway, those are my notes for chapter two. Yeah, me too. So Artemis. Artemis. Your favourite god. She what's... might be my favourite god. Yeah. She's probably one of the least problematic that I know of. Well, it's interesting. I think I'll write more about it in the next chapter, but the depiction of them here is interesting and it's a little bit different from things I've read or know about. Okay, let's go. What's chapter three called? Bianca D'Angelo makes a choice. Oh, she does. Chapter summary. The hunters take care of things while Thayer chews Percy out and he feels pretty guilty. Artemis thinks something smells fishy. And Bianca decides she'd like to be a child again, leaving her brother to fend for himself at camp as she chooses to join the hunt instead. Mm. So Percy's like, um, okay. <laughs> In reaction to Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> Grover's like, oh my God. <laughs> Thalia calls Grover goat boy as well. Oh. So it's not just Annabeth that does this. Yeah. Bianca is like, who are you? Poor she Bianca. To, she tries to say her parents are dead. But they explain the half blood thing to them. Nico's like, cool. And she's like, no, God, it's not cool. I'm so confused. Nico's like, does Zeus really have lightning bolts that do 600 damage? She's like, Nico, shut up. <laughs> this isn't mytho magic, okay? <laughs> Percy feels sorry for them, but is worried about Annabeth. Yeah. Artemis says not to despair for Annabeth. If she can be found, she will find her. She was a brave maiden. But says she has vanished. Past and some magic is at work. Yeah. Percy agrees, thinking he'd be able to feel her if she was in the water. Oh, what about Dr. Thorne? That was awesome how you shot him with arrows. Is he dead? Nico's, Nico's just, just living his fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> they start to put all their weird experiences together. Bianca is not coping with this all as well as Nico. Using these two as a vessel for anyone randomly starting at book three is clever, because they're explaining a lot of the fundamentals to them. It's very much like, oh, these guys don't know. Yeah anything so let, we'll tell them but they're also telling the reader yeah and they, they stagger it over these few chapters but it, it works quite well i like when um she asks grovo if he's a demigod and he kicks his shoes off and reveals his hooves and it says thought bianca was going to faint right there and thalia tells him to put his shoes yeah, back put your on shoes because back he's off. freaking her out <laughs> poor um, grover artemis wants to speak to bianca and tells grover to go play with nico Grover's like, anything for you, Artemis. Oh, God. Thalia's mad that Percy decided to go all by himself and take on Dr. Thorne. And then they see Annabeth's New York Yankees cap on the floor and get all emotional. And Thalia leaves. <laughs> she clearly blames Percy. Yeah, well. So then they set up a camping site super quick. Cool. And summon some wolves and falcons awesome. who are, like, guarding them, watching them. So vibey. It's very vibey. Percy's upset that Annabeth has gone and also blames himself. He thinks about how they danced together for half a song and his heart felt even heavier. Uh. And he's like, what does she want to tell me? And come on, Annabeth. Why? Why? Come back to this point. Why do you have to be so clear? As if she said like three things and didn't finish the sentence, but started them like they were clearly important and then just went and like threw herself off a cliff. It's just not. It's just not on. <laughs> I'm so upset with her. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fine. We get Thalia's backstory again. And my favourite bit is that even now. <laughs> God, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, well, put yourself together. Sometimes she stands. <laughs> sometimes she stands so still you'd think she was still a tree. Leave her alone. A uh, uh, tree girl. Oh, <gasps> funny. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Just really cracked me up that bit. Okay. Grover gives Percy some ambrosia and treats his shoulder. Nico says, it's green, with delight. Yeah. And then he gets his game figures out. Yeah, because the hunters have found... Percy or Grover this bit? I think Grover. Because the hunters have gone to the school and brought all of their stuff. Yeah. They're like, to Nico, have you been playing this game long? And he's like, just this year, before that. Percy's like, what? And he's thinking. And then he's like, I forgot. That's weird. It's a bit weird. Or maybe he's just kind of lives in the moment. I don't know. <laughs> 
I mean, does do such a new world really type. concern himself with the it's passing like, of time? Yeah. <laughs> Nico asks if Riptide ever runs out of ink. Hmm. He really hmm. comes in with the important questions. Yeah, not something I'd have thought of. No. Nico asks a lot of questions. Yeah. It gets a bit tiresome for everyone else. Oh, bless him. Well, it does, because they're all like, I'm kind of done. He, one of the questions he asks is... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on. It's really savage. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> if, if Annabelle... <laughs> Should I say it? No, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I can do it. Compose yourself, William. If Annabeth's mother is the goddess of wisdom, why didn't she know better than to fall off a cliff? <laughs> That's, that is, oh my god! It's a fair point. Percy's done with the question. Wasn't at this point. her best strategic move. Zoe Nightshade comes to get Percy to see Artemis. What is the beef between Zoe and Thalia about? I don't know. They've obviously got some. Well, I assume it's to do with the last time they were at Camp Half Blood. Thalia's never been at Camp Half Blood. Yeah, but maybe that maybe their like trips coincide. I don't know. No, but she's never been at Camp Half Blood, other than like the month that was at the end of summer. Maybe they were at school together before then. Maybe, that maybe, make sense. maybe they were. Maybe they grew up together. And <gasps> before Thalia, Thalia was there away. when Zoe agreed to go with Artemis, and Thalia chose not to go with Artemis. Ooh. And now there's like a rift there. That would be fun. That seems like a, a good prediction. Artemis's tent is cool. Is my next note. Yes. So they go into it. Bianca's there, and there's a deer just napping in Artemis's lap to make up for all the dead animals laying around. I mean, she's the goddess of the hunt. Guess and so. then it sort of explains it away as, um, seeing as she was the goddess of the hunt, she could replenish whatever she shot. Yeah, that's true. Artemis explains she chooses to appear as a young girl because it's the average age of all her hunters before they go astray, and which means grow up. Yeah, so it's interesting. She says that she could appear as a woman, a blazing fire, or anything else she wanted, but this is the average age of her hunters and all young maidens for whom I am patron before she goes astray. The maiden thing's interesting, but it is, it is all giving like Peter Pan vibes. A bit, yes, I think. sort of. So they're all hunters, and they want to live in the woods and never grow up. Oh, you know, I st- I'm still like that. So she says that going astray means becoming smitten with boys, becoming silly, preoccupied, insecure, and forgetting themselves. And I had to think about it, and I was like, do you know what? Actually, around about when I was like becoming a teenager, I probably did lose that like pure fun adventure excitement part of myself well, and puberty became, makes you all insecure doesn't it yeah and I became like anxious and stressed and worried so much about what other people thought of me yeah and I would so much rather ha- stay as a child who Youth. just wanted to like have fun anyway it's interesting she's got a point about the age thing boys are usually forbidden from having any contact with the hunters <laughs> Artemis turned the last one into a jackalope <laughs> so Zoe reminds her and then she says oh yes I enjoy making jackalopes. <laughs> <laughs> Artemis wants to know more about the manticore. Mm. She says, things are stirring, that's that word again, that I have not hunted in millennia. Pray so old, I have nearly forgotten. We came here tonight sensing the manticore, but he is not the one I seek. Yeah, um, just before that, she mentioned the scent. Yeah. Percy explains what Thorne said. Artemis says that she must hunt this great monster alone. And then when Zoe protests, she says... You know where I must start this great hunt. You cannot go there with me. No. Where's that then? Olympus? I don't know, maybe. Or somewhere else. Very interesting. Zoe's very unhappy with this. Yeah. She is like, so loyal. I'm a hunter. She wants to she wants to serve. Yeah. Osmis says she'll bring it back to Olympus by winter solstice to convince the gods of the danger. And she says, Let us pray I am wrong. Percy's like, Can goddesses pray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Artemis asks Percy to escort the hunters to Camp Half-Blood. Oh, now Zoe's really upset. Zoe says she hates that place. Yeah. The last time we were there, Artemis says it was just a misunderstanding. They're free to use Cabin 8. And she's heard they've rebuilt the cabin since they burnt down. Yeah. What did they do to the cabins last time they were there? I don't know. (laughs) Kind of crazy. Artemis asks Bianca if she's made up her mind. She's been invited to join the hunt. What does that mean, William? How does she choose people? Because they've literally just met her. And they're like, oh, a Half-Blood girl. Okay. Don't ask me. I'm not Artemis. I don't know what her no, I'm criteria just, I'm just is. It's interesting because she doesn't. It says later on it's that she doesn't discriminate her by or birth. Anything. Yeah, it's no, all that's true. It's half bloods, nymphs, mortals, anyone who honors the goddess. Mm. Percy's like, no, come to Camp Half Blood. What do you get by joining the hunt? Zoe's like, to begin with, immortality. <laughs> Percy's like, she's kidding, right? Artemis says, Zoe rarely kids about anything. <laughs> I wrote that down too. I really enjoyed that phrase. They have to make an oath to forswear romantic love forever. And to be a maiden eternally. Yeah. So okay. then later on, she asks about... Well, actually, Percy mentions her brother. 
and Artemis says, Nico can't be a hunter. He will go to camp. Unfortunately, that's the best boys can do. Yeah. Yikes. I'm pretty sure with Artemis, there's some like low-key gay vibes in the myths and mm. like art, art and paintings and depictions of her. So this is like a different direction with them all being kids. And I thought this is giving very much like, you know, group of women living a bohemian life in the woods uh, vibe. I guess that is the depiction a lot of the time she's with her nymphs and stuff. I've been mm. re-listening to a bunch of the myths and I haven't had any of them like mention that explicitly that she's like love interested in any of them. But I can see why they would take like a bunch of women roving the woods and change it to a bunch of girls roving the woods for the sake of yeah. matching the age of our heroes. That's true. Bianca seems keen. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, so um, Artemis's ace. Her ace is that Bianca won't have to be responsible anymore for bringing her brother yes, up. Cool. Which is a fair... Po- like, Difficult. it sounds harsh, yeah, no, but I... as a 12-year-old, you don't want to be the only person responsible for your 10-year-old and brother. She says she'll still see him every now and then. She, but Bianca, that that's what sells it to Bianca, isn't it? That's, this is Artemis's ace. She's kept yeah. it up her sleeve. Nico's mentioned, you know, you can still see him. He won't be able to come, but you won't have to raise him anymore. And she's like, it's a deal. I need so, a rest. So she makes the pledge to Artemis and Artemis accepts. Yeah. And it's done. It's done. Percy's um, like, what the heck? Bianca immediately says she feels stronger. Percy doesn't like it. He feels like he's a failure. Yeah. Because everything's about him. <laughs> well, it, I can see why they've come there, risked their lives to, Save you know, both of them, yeah. as Percy has understood it, bring the half-bloods to the only place they'll be safe. And yeah. now all of a sudden, under his nose, they've been like, psych, girls can go somewhere else. And, and she's already chosen that without any second thought, really. Poor Nico. Yeah. Poor Bianca as well. Artemis says she'll summon a ride from her brother for them. Bianca D'Angelo is not the only one with an annoying brother. It's time for you to meet my irresponsible twin, Apollo. Nice entry. End of chapter. Yeah. So, chapter four? Chapter four is called Thalia Torches New England. My summary is, Apollo turns up and is kind of gross, but kind of fun. We hear about some cool myth. (laughs) (laughs) I like Apollo. (laughs) (laughs) Um... We hear about some cool myth in the modern world reasoning, thanks to Nico asking all the important questions again. Yeah. And we learn that Thalia is going to turn 16 on the 22nd of December. She then takes them all for the ride of their lives in the oh sun God, chariot. Yeah. Going through my notes, because I've got thoughts, but we'll get there. The hunters don't mind the snow, but Percy's real cold. <laughs> Percy thinks Bianca is being selfish for abandoning her brother. Grover says last time the hunters visited camp, it didn't go well. Yeah. Grover's basically in love with Artemis and oh. it annoys Thalia. The thing Thalia says, you say tears, you're all in love with Artemis. Don't you get she'll never love you back? And but, Grover's like... But she's so into nature. And Thalia says, you're nuts. And Grover <laughs> replies, nuts and berries. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic. They're waiting for sunrise for Apollo, which I guess makes sense. Yeah. Percy's trying to square the sun being a star with the whole Apollo thing. Artemis tells Percy not to look until he parks. <laughs> and Apollo, I guess, turns up in this red convertible Maserati spider. Yeah. Cool. Fine. Perks of the job. He gets out. He looks about 17, 18. He's got a bright, playful smile. He's wearing jeans and loafers and a sleeveless top. Yeah. Sandy hair, outdoorsy like, good looks. Smile was bright and playful. Yeah. Wow, Apollo is hot, Thalia says. Percy's like, yeah, he's the god of the sun. Not now, Percy. Apollo and Artemis have an argument over which one of them's older, even though they're twins. It's definitely Artemis. They're twins. It's definitely Artemis. Oh, no. Let's not get into this. Oh, but it is. Apollo she offers delivers hun- him. Apollo offers the hunters some tips on archery. Oh, my God. Um, Don't you just want to slap him a little no, bit? No, I, I, actually, I actually love him. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo's like, wait. Wait. I feel a haiku coming up. <laughs> this, is why, this is why I think... You would be, if you were going to be like allocated got like a, southern draw, a I cabin, think. you like, would be Apollo's kid. Green grass breaks through the snow. Artemis pleads for my help. I am so cool. And then Artemis is like, that's not a proper haiku. There's only four syllables in the last line. And then, Idiot. But then she fails just as badly as him to I suggest so a... big-headed. Which yeah. is six. So both of them are, are dum-dums, I've decided. <laughs> Apparently he used to do limericks starting that once was a goddess from Sparta... Fill out the rest yourself. Anyway, he settles on I am so awesome. So to, to to recap. Green grass breaks through snow. Artemis pleads for my help. I am so awesome. I like Great. it. Yeah. I feel companionship with this one. You you always think I'm I'm most like Dionysus or Apollo. 
Based Definitely on Apollo first. In these books, Mr. D is not my vibe. No, no, no. It's not. It's not based on that. It's based on what do they represent? What are the gods of characteristics? So, yeah. Yeah. So but... I, th- I think Apollo first because of the music and the poetry, and then I think like as a sidearm, wine and theatre is also quite a big part of Maybe your personality. Maybe they should just combine. It could be the love child of right, Apollo and Mr. D. It sounds like we get there, but it sounds like you know someone's been combining gods' roles for a while. Apollo's heard of Thalia. Yeah. And they're half siblings. Because I guess they're both children of Zeus. Correct. And he says, used to be a tree, didn't you? No, he Glad says, he you're says, back. I, I hate, hate it, it when pretty girls turn into trees, man. I remember one no, time. No, you've got to do the accent. Yeah, he but says, he's telling like the worst. He's referring to like the worst. He's like, I hate it when pretty girls turn into trees. Ugh. Man, I remember this one time. And Artemis is like, okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, because he's referring to the one time that he stalked and then chased a nymph called Daphne. <laughs> You've probably heard of this. No. Because he wanted her and she didn't want him. No, I So he chased this. and he chased her and they ran for so long and he was going to catch up. And she ran past her dad, who was a river god, and was like, please help me escape Apollo because he's going to attack me. And her dad turned her into a tree to escape him. Seems to be like a go-to Greek thing to do, to escape from trouble. And that's where the laurel wreath came from, because she was turned into a laurel tree. So he took some of her branches and made a wreath out of it for himself. No, I've not heard that story. It's pretty messed up. I wrote it down because it was was a funny line, and also the way he's like... I hate it when pretty <laughs> girls turn into trees, man. I remember this one, like, he's just going off yeah. on a self-indulgent that story. That is Apollo. And, and like, Artemis is like, um, sorry, we've actually in the middle of something, can we? <laughs> I really like Apollo in the books. In Greek mythology, he's one of the uh, ickiest ones. They all ones. like that. No, but Apollo is like, his, like, Zeus is obviously the worst by far, but all of the rest of them are bad. Apollo is, like, pretty up there on the, like, disgusting, yeah. Anyway, this anyway. is a kid's book. So, like I said, so that was all for Thalia. Yeah. And then he doesn't say anything to Percy. He just he says, just sort of looks Percy Jackson. Studies him. Percy can't work out how 20 of them are going to fit in the car. But no worries, Apollo just presses a button on his car keys and it turns into a shuttle bus. After Nico brings it up, because he's only one who is willing to ask the hard questions. Nico asks, well, it's not just the hard questions, it's just any and every <laughs> question. <laughs> Artemis tells Apollo not to talk, look at or flirt with the hunters. Because Zoe was annoyed at Apollo trying to help her like carry stuff, right? Do not call them sweetheart. Oh yeah. Artemis tells Zoe she's in charge of the hunters and to do as she would. And she'll see them at the winter solstice. She sniffs the ground... <laughs> and says so much danger. The she's beast must the be scent. found, and then she just melts into the shadows. She's quite animalistic, yeah. I think. Artemis. She's awesome. The hunters all cram into the back of the bus just to stay away from everyone else. Yeah. Nico's just so positive about this oh. whole experience. This is just great. Best day of his life until the next one. Yeah. He's like a puppy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, bless him. Nico asks if, if the bus is really the sun. He also asks about Helios and Selene. And how sometimes they're the sun and the moon, and sometimes it's Apollo and Artemis. Apollo's just like downsizing. It says the Romans started it. They couldn't afford all those temple sacrifices, so they laid off Helios and Selene and folded their duties into ours. Who? What, the Romans? Are they allowed to lay off their gods? Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. It was pretty annoying at first, but at least I got this cool car. He says the rumour that the sun was a big fiery ball of gas probably started because that's what Artemis used to call him. Yeah. And then he goes off on this tangent on the sun being a star. And he's like, well, it depends if you're talking about astronomy or philosophy. And it's all a bit like, okay. Anyway, the chariot is a manifestation of the sun's power. The way mortals perceive it is the like, short version. Cool. I like that. It's fine. It's what mythology is, right? It's what religion is. I guess so. In uh, some cases, yeah. it's like humans objectifying and idealising the forces that make their lives go round. Yeah. Nico asks if he can drive. Apollo's like, no, too young. <laughs> and Grover's like, me, me, me. Too furry. Ouch. Uh, he offers it to Thalia, but she doesn't want to. Thalia isn't sure how old she is. She should be 19, but still feels 12. She looks somewhere in between. Apollo says she's 15 or 16 and then decides that she'll turn 16 in about a week. Mm-hmm. And this isn't given any real time in the book, but immediately I was like, sorry, in, in a week? What was, what was that prophecy? Mm-hmm. Oh, God! And it's like, that's my that... birthday, December 22nd. What was that monster going to do that Dr. Thorne said they were about to have? It was going to bring... Oh, oh, dear. Oh, dear. 
at this point, I just remembered how bonkers it is that they let people drive with a Lerma's permit at 15 in the US. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Anyway, he makes her drive. A sign pops up, which just says, warning, student driver. Yeah. Percy's quite jealous because he wants to drive. Percy yeah. being jealous of Thalia might turn into a bit of a theme, I think. It's starting to pop up a few times. She's kind of come in and taken over as the main character. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mate, have you seen what it says on the cover of the book? <laughs> Let's just remember whose story this is. It's going to be Thalia, daughter of Zeus <laughs> and the Titan's curse. Yeah, Percy won't have that. Apollo explains that speed equals heat. <laughs> yeah. That's the most important rule. We find out the bus's wheel is a bit like a yoke in an aeroplane. You just pull back on it and up you go. Yeah. Thalia starts setting fire to trees almost immediately. She gets quite stressed by this experience. She does not want to drive. No, it's a bumpy ride. They're getting too high. She's just getting more and more stressed, like sweat dripping down her brow. She's like, oh no. Percy thinks something's actually wrong with her. Like mm. this is bringing back a traumatic experience or something. Yeah. But then as we've pointed out, Thalia hasn't done a lot. Like she's been a tree most of her life. <laughs> Yeah. When she stands still, you'd be mistaken for thinking she still was one. Apollo's been thrown to the back of the bus. (laughs) Grover's like, please, can you take the wheel now? I like... Well, at some point it says, somebody screamed, maybe it was me. (laughs) (laughs) The chaos is so real, Percy doesn't know what's happening anymore. Thalia starts setting fire to trees and rooftops in a New England town. And then finally, after all the chaos, they come across Camp Half-Blood. Apollo shouts at her to break... And oh no, there's a bit before that which is I can't remember what the exact phrase is, but Thalia is basically like, I've got this. Yeah, I've got saying, this. She just keeps I'm saying, I'm under control. I'm under control. <laughs> Apollo's like, break. Who are you Thalia's trying to convince like, yourself? I can do this. And Apollo's like, break. Then they slam into the canoe lake. Yeah, at 45 degree angle. And Apollo's like, shall we go see if we boiled anyone important? <laughs> I love that attitude from him. He says, um, well. You were right. You did have everything under control. Let's go see if we boiled anyone important, shall we? (laughs) He's he's really putting this situation in perspective of an Olympian who has lived through multiple millennia of of people. And he's just like, yeah, we didn't die. All right, let's go see if we killed anyone and deal with that because it's happened to me before and probably worse. So I just think it's fun. Yeah, I like Apollo. Apollo and Hermes are winning the Battle of the Gods for me at the moment. Oh, wow. Yeah, everyone else is... Isn't much to write home about yet. You didn't like Artemis? Meh, she's a bit bland. Yeah, fair enough. She's her, like, little hunters, Zoe, were all quite cool. Yeah. Artemis herself was a bit like. Fair enough. I guess because she's all, like, ethereal and celestial. She is meant to be very, like, above it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite funny when she just sort of, like, turns into an animal and sniffs the ground and is like, the hunt is now, and then just disappears (laughs) into the woods. It's like, okay, that was weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, though. She's so cool. But yeah, no, it's, it's a fun start to the book. I liked the start of the last book more. I can't remember. Um, oh, that was Tyson and the Tyson dodgeball Tyson went to the gym and yeah. there's the dodgeball and, and then they're away and they're at camp. and Yeah. Yeah, it just gets going a bit quicker than this one for me. Yeah, fair enough. But no, it's, it's fun. Nico's funny. If he's the one you're... is like one of your favourite characters, that'll be interesting because he's very young. Do but you I guess to tell you or not? It's up to you. I'm assuming it is. Yeah, he's Nico. I guess there'll be time for him to kind of grow up a bit. But he's funny, anyway. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, they're going to Camp Half-Blood. Obviously, they're going to have to deal with this situation. I don't know whether it's like Kronos is coming back. The, the, the stirring of the monsters, they're all kind of waking up. Mm-hmm. I assume this is part of Luke's plan, but if he's not the general, I don't know who is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this whole thing with Thalia is a bit ominous, because a week's not very long. No, it's not. And we're going to find out either that she's the one in the prophecy, and then she will defeat all the monsters and save Olympus and the other two books will just be them like having a holiday or something or she'll go bad and try and take down Olympus and the other books will be them trying to stop her Yep. or she'll go bad and they'll stop her and then I don't know what the rest will be or it will turn out it's not her and it will just be like I mean, it is the it's okay. prophesied to be the next child of the big oh, three the who turns sixteen. Oh, I thought okay. Well then, but she's still technically. I mean, technically, she has already turned. It depends on the rule. We need to read the small print of a prophecy. Well, yeah, because she's dictated by some green smoke that came out of a mummified woman. Yes, because she's <laughs> technically ninety. Like maybe this all happened while she was a tree. The tr- the world's already over. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. What did you think of this section of the of this book, which you love so much? Um, I agree. This book is actually a bit slow to get started. I obviously really like it. I, I like that it starts off with a big, like, oh my God, what's happened to Annabeth? 
And I like the introduction of Thalia and Percy because Percy gets, you know, he, he had a cold start with Annabeth, but they didn't ever really like butt heads, butt heads. Yeah. But I, I'm interested. I like the relationship with Thalia. I think it's interesting. I need to see more of it, I think, yeah, to you really will. understand what's, gonna what's going on. I like the introduction of the hunters. Obviously, as a child, I thought they were the coolest. I wanted to be one so badly. <laughs> of course you did. Mm. It's interesting. I think it's nice in a way that we've got Thalia coming in, kind of taking over as the leader role, and she and she appears, like, a bit older than Percy. She is, yeah. Like, in, even in, in, like, appearance. Yeah. Because that actually gives Percy some room for some character growth, because he's never really had to deal with that before. Mm-hmm. So that, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. But yeah. Glad to have Grover back in the fray. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Where's Tyson when you need him, though? That's what this is really missing. I knew you were going to bring him up. Like, it's not the same... Without Tyson. No ponies for him. Oh, man. What section are we going to be reading next time? Next time we're going to be reading three chapters, so five, six, and seven of The Titan's Curse. Okay, that's exciting. Next three chapters, five through seven. I can do that. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for your ears. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It does really help us to reach a wider audience. Also, tell your Percy Jackson friends. Definitely do. And we'd love to hear from you as well. How can they contact us, Beth? You can send us a message on Instagram at Percy and Beyond, or you can send us an email at percyandbeyond at gmail.com. I'm having quite a nice time chatting to a few people oh, really? on Instagram. Nice. Uh, one person in particular, we're just sort of having a back and forth. It's really cool. Cool, yeah. No, do get in touch and give us a follow on Instagram because we are, we'll be posting any updates about the podcast, if it's going to be late or when new episodes are out, as well as we're trying to put up a few reels. I've been doing some silly sketches and and things so we're putting that on there as well for your enjoyment we'll be back hopefully next time with an episode about episode five of the tv show i think it's the next thing yeah that's ticking along nicely it's very exciting i'm more Um, excited about the book than i am about the tv show is that bad well i I don't know what's coming in the book i do know what's coming in the tv show so it's like a different feeling but yeah i think they're both fun in equal measure yeah that's it from us so we'll see you next time guys and (gasps) until then be a tree girl (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I'm okay with that one. Be a tree girl. No, it was to. How? She was saving herself from a fuse. <laughs> I can't have that. She was a tree girl. Not she wasn't Thalia. saving herself from a fuse. No, we're talking about Thalia. It's Thalia that sometimes still looks like a tree when she's standing still. <laughs> Be a tree girl. Be a tree girl. <laughs> it sounds so enthusiastic. Bye. See ya.